0: get stationed here in Millington for the next three years at least, <clears throat> and they can finish out their military time right here with us. Amen? So uh, uh, I, I'm talking to the real commander, okay? You got it? All right. So um, all right, and I heard Joe had a, a good announcement about, uh, about the spaghetti for Saturday. <coughs> Uh, Sunday, so that's good. I would like to add uh, just two or three re- prayer requests, if you would. Um, one for my dad, Friday morning. Uh, I'll be taking him at 6 o'clock in the morning to have a, um, it's a heart catheterization, but, uh, you know, so they'll be looking for any problems, but, he's also, but they're also, the plan is to repair something in a heart valve. I don't know exactly what that's all about, but, but uh, so they're going to be doing that. Then continue to pray for Luke. Um, as he he's recovering, uh, they had a pretty good report. Actually, gave a good report. He's in rehab right now. You know where he goes through three times a week, and um, he said he he was able to walk for 20 minutes without any stress feelings. You know, heart stress feelings, and so that was, that was really good. Which it it's really good, but it's really hard for him being a young athlete. to to deal with this, you know, that 20 minutes is all they would even let him do, just to walk briskly. So, um, and the final thing is pray that it'll continue, that the rain will come in Ghana. Amen. Uh, Brooke wrote us and said that she and all the little guys have heat rash all over them because it's been so hot, it's the rainy season, but no rain, so incredibly humid and uh, so we began praying last night that it would rain, and I just she just wrote a thing today uh, and just said, praise the Lord, it's raining. And so uh, pray it'll continue to rain. They need a lot of it right now. So, all right, go to the book of James, James chapter 5. James chapter 5, good to be back here, even though Miss Johnny May would rather have my son-in-law. And so, uh, and I understand, I understand, you could have gave testimony about how wonderful it is to have me back, and but no, you just go on and on. I think she's in love, she has such a smile on her face, man she has the whole time she's talking just such a smile on her face. my goodness, but uh I'm glad you enjoyed enjoyed them and, and that they were a blessing to you because uh they are a blessing to us and, and i I hope that they would be when God put them on my heart to to bring them in uh, while we were gone. but James chapter five, look at verse thirteen, James chapter five, verse thirteen. Um, we've been talking about prayer and maybe could go on until the Lord comes back about prayer. It's such an important thing. And, and it's really, truly, it's our hope in this generation. It's our hope in this life is, uh, to be able to get a hold to God. And so James chapter five, verse 13 says, is any among you afflicted? And, uh, and that's talking about teenagers, um, afflicted, mental, let's see. uh, Bow ties and all. Okay, there. Any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And then verse 19 and 20, it says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So we're going to talk about this passage of Scripture. Let's have a word of prayer. and We're going to start. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, guide my mind, my thoughts as we teach through this tonight. Lord, I pray that it would be a blessing and a help to, to some and an encouragement, actually, uh, tonight uh, about this thing of prayer. And Lord, I Spirit of God, I ask you to guide my mind and my thoughts, please, in Jesus' name, Amen. You know it, uh, I, and I appreciate every everybody that that's comes tonight. It's you know it's one of my dreams that uh, that uh, Sunday night will grow, the Wednesday night will grow. I'm starting, uh, you know, just for you, those of you here. I'm really primarily doing the the series on Sunday night, hoping that some of our new and younger ones will understand the the importance of of coming back. Uh, you know. In this world we live in, uh, that Jesus said, and this is not my, my sermon by any means, but it's, he said that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but he said so much the more. 're we're, we're and of course he said exhorting one another but 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 so much the more we're to gather together as we see the day approaching well if the day is not approaching i don't you know I mean I don't know when it's going to be approaching the day is approaching and we need to gather together more and more not less and less and that is the movement the devil's got in the church today is to meet less and less uh, but it, this is the very time that we really should be meeting more and more and that uh, when we do that we encourage each other but uh, so, I'm going to, but let's look at this passage. We're going to talk about uh, uh, this thing of prayer, and let's look at the key points of this passage and what sometimes, just honestly, what sometimes discourages us from prayer. Uh, we find that in this passage, I believe, and it's kind of subtle, but it's there. Uh, first, uh, we're just going to kind of break this passage down a little bit, but first is, the, is this, this uh, word afflicted, and you know, I joked about it just a second ago, but but I gotta to get to it myself here, so I can uh, look down on it. But this word, afflicted. The word afflicted. It, this is not a physical affi- affliction necessarily or in primarily. It's it's an Ill, or an illness, but rather a hardship, a hardness, uh, uh, some evil that's happened against us. Uh, it, it's some trial that we're going through. It's some conflict that we're facing. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what, Ms. Johnny May, you were talking about, but probably what you're describing right now is more of an affliction as the Bible def- definition of this right here. We use the word afflicted or affliction uh, so much as a context or uh, correlated with a, uh, illness, but in this passage, it's really those things that, that hurt us that come from uh, outside. And so it's a hardness or it's a hardship. And so God says that this person, though, just very very directly, He says, this person that's going through affliction, that's going through conflict, that's going through issues of life, God just very simply says, pray. I mean, just direct statement. He says, okay, let me tell you what you need to do now. Pray. If you're going through a hard time, here's your answer. It's real difficult. Pray. Just pray. You say, then what do I do after that? Pray. And you say, "Well, well, what if what if I prayed all night? Well, then tomorrow I'll get up and pray." Yes. It just God says, "Pray," and it's so important that we pray and that we pray often. And and uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. And I, I'm really jumping the gun here, but but I I prayed yesterday as soon as Brooke wrote us, and she said, "Please." pray that you know for us because this is just tearing us up this rash and it's so uncomfortable and, and so hot and she said just laying in the bed at night even with though we have fans now because we were God bless, and gave them a good generator that she said it's just blowing hot air down on top of us and so uh, and so I began to pray and I told her I said I'm praying that it will rain tonight and she didn't write back and say it rained last night and, and you know part of you want to get discouraged, but wait a minute, we kept praying today, and guess what? She wrote back and said it prayed today I mean prayed today, it rained today, and so uh, so it's just a very simple statement. God says that person should pray. then it says, "Is any merry? or will you be Mary you know will, or, or do we want to be married? Then God says sing psalms and, and can I tell you we've talked about this before, but it's a very simple step. Singing songs changes your heart. Right. It makes a difference in your, your whole heart, your whole spirit. Uh, you know, that's, I show everybody that I have an opportunity to. I show everybody, you all know, playing the piano and singing in our Easter program. I'll tell them, I'll show them, you know, the, the uh, Mrs. Vickery, you know, gave us, she recorded the, the kids singing. And, and then, of course, we got the video of them and, and different things. And, and so I, I'll put it up there and everybody says, man, they sing out, man, they sing well. And I tell them the most important thing is they're, they're, they're singing out because their heart is right. Uh, it's just it changes your heart and spirit. Well, for most of them, except Jordan. But anyway, the, um. But uh, it's songs of worship, songs of praise, singing songs, singing praises encourages others, encourages you, and the more you sing, it'll encourage you to pray more. If you're struggling to pray, sing for a while, and then it'll help you to, uh, to pray. Then it says this, it says, is any sick among you? And I'm, I'm trying to get to it myself. Is it, verse fourteen? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. He gets more detailed here. He said, "If you're afflicted, you're just being attacked. Got hardship coming. Got struggles coming." He just says, "Just pray." But now, if you're sick, he says, "Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil, uh, with oil, in the name." Of the Lord and it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up so we're gonna kind of work through this a little bit first the 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 very first thing that the first call that we should make when we are sick is to the church not to the doctor now understand this now I know as well as anybody there are some times when you're rushing to the doctor and you need to be praying on the way there okay so i'm not saying that there's a a delay and you come to us and you don't go to the doctor if you're about to die uh you know they had to pray for me as i laid on the table and i was unconscious joe beth thankfully had was able to get a, a preacher or two to come in and pray for me she tells me uh i didn't know anything about it but they prayed for me right before i went into surgery three years ago now uh, I want you to understand, but but we ought to get the mindset that when we're sick, that really the first call ought to be to the leadership of the church. Truthfully, folks, you need to, you need to be calling. Call me if you're sick. Now, uh, now look, if you got laryngitis, okay. I'll pray. God, thank you for blessing that man that his wife has laryngitis. No. Uh, I'll pray for you. Uh, but no, you're talking about it. it we're, we're, we've had a lot of sickness in this, this church and continue to. And so, uh, but we need to make sure that we never forget that God has given a divine method for healing. And so the first call really needs to be to the church that the church may pray. The second call is to the doctor. And then, and then number two, we need to get, we need, when we're sick, when we're really, you know, that, that attack has come of the illness that's really uh, is hurting our bodies, we need to get to leadership that un- understands the importance of, of the prayer of faith. Uh, it it is, is very important. If you're going to have somebody pray for you, honestly, you need to get to somebody that, and I'm saying this because you won't always be here. I'd like to think that you would come to me, come to, to leaders of, you know, the deacons of the church, the men of the church, somebody in leadership of the church, and say, please pray for me, believing that we have faith. Okay? But you may not always be with us. You may not always be here at this church, and, 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 uh, and even though God's going to keep you here, you may not always be. I mean, you need to find somebody you believe really, truly has faith. Because cursory prayer doesn't really help anybody. So, number three, we anoint with oil. Uh, Now, I'm going to to give you two primary reasons, two things that I think that that this really means. One's a little bit extreme and one's pretty normal. But one, I believe that uh, when you anoint with oil, it's a picture of your submission to the Holy Spirit. I believe it's a clear picture of our submission to God, the Holy Spirit of God. Oil always uh, represents the Holy Spirit of God. So, when we anoint with oil and, and put oil on someone and we pray for them, uh, then we are uh, we're coming and saying, you know, we are in submission to the spirit of God, to God's will and God's guidance. Now, but I'm I'm going to throw this out here, and I think that there is a little bit of this what God's talking about here. When you look at it, it says, "And let them pray over him, anointing him with the with oil in the name of the Lord." Uh, look, I, I believe that part of this. Forgive me, I can't prove it, but I think that it's a real possibility that it wasn't the same oil for everybody, for every illness. The oils in in the Old Testament and even today, if we really study it, oils are healing balm. They were used for healing. I believe that during this time they knew what kind of oils to use on on different illnesses, and they used those oils. And when you anointed them, it wasn't just a you know a olive oil that they used. They may use whatever oils or combination of oils that would would have a healing potential in there. You say, "Well, I thought it's the prayer of faith, it is." No medicines, even the healing oils that God created, they're not going to heal you without faith, without prayer of faith, without God doing it. Nothing heals, God heals. But God created these things for us to use. And so he's saying, use them. Now you say, what about today? Why do we just put a little drop of oil on somebody's head and pray for them? Because we don't know what oil to use. We don't, we don't know today, and now there are some people, and it's become more prevalent today, where they study a lot. Joe Beth, uh, you know, has done a fair amount of research with essential oils, and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, it, 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 there's a lot of different oils that help a lot of different things. Uh, there was some sort of oil that they combination they found that, that honestly, we believe uh, for one daughter kept her from having thyroid surgery, and for another daughter enabled her to have a baby. Because all the doctors told us she couldn't. We researched the oils and anointed her with the right oils. But I mean, more than just putting it on her, she used those oils. God bless. Now, were we praying? You better believe what we're praying. Because God still heals the womb, not the oil. But God gave us the oil. Does that make sense? So, all right. So, now... So even though the oil is medicinal, the Lord still says, this all must be done in the name of the Lord. That's what's so important. Everything must be done in the name of the Lord, the authority of the Lord in the will of the Lord. This is all to be done in faith, believing that God will heal. Then you get to verse 6, and it says this. It says, uh, let me read it to you. Uh, Let's see, I said verse 6, not verse 6. What am I doing? 16, yes. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I believe this this is making it real clear that this whole thing uh, that God is asking us to do is real and it's serious. So much so that we who pray should confess our, make sure we have a clean heart toward God. That we confess our, and, and when it says confess your faults, That's not just sins, that's our weaknesses. That's our failures. And I'll be honest with you, in this passage and in this context, I believe primarily what God's talking about to confess is our lack of faith. So we confess uh, our lack of faith. We confess our lack of prayer. We confess our lack of belief in the, in the word of God. And we confess this to God. And God says, when you're cleansed, then he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you know what that word availeth in here means? It just, it means it's strong. And boy, isn't that something? It would be great to have a strong prayer with God. When it comes before God, God says, when you come to me that way, that's strong praying but we got to come with a clean heart. Clean heart when we come to God and come to God in faith. So number seven, I'm not sure how numbered these or even got it, but when we are clean before God and our sins and weaknesses have been confessed, God says our prayers availeth much. And in other words, we are strong before God. But now look at the illustration given at the very end. You see, I love the context of Scripture. And, and, and when you get to this, it comes through this. It talks about uh, it, you know, that when you're afflicted, did you, you pray? If you're married and sing songs, which is affecting our whole spirit and attitude, then he said, if you're sick, call for the elders, call for them to come in. Just a little sideline note uh, honestly, it's really not the church going to them, although I think it's well and good. God says, I want those who are sick to demonstrate their faith. And come believing. Come and say, Pray for me. Because that is a statement of faith to come. And so, but now you get to the end of this, and then suddenly he says in verse 17 Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, first of all, when you look back at the passage of Scripture that talks about Elijah praying, and uh, and there's three and a half years, there's no rain, it really doesn't say specifically that, that Elijah prayed. Now, we find out that he did from this passage. It just says that it didn't rain for three plus years. Now, here's what I, I, I want to try to get across to you. In that, and again, I'm, I'm not taking the time to go all the way back there to that passage, but when Elias, Elijah, that in that whole passage when it stopped raining, he goes through now, you know, conflicts and, you know, and, and, and struggles. He goes through some uptimes and some downtimes before it's going to rain again. And here's what I wrote down. Elias was a man stricken with doubts at times. He was a man who became discouraged. But he was also a man of great faith. In reality, he was a man like us. Because that's who we are. That's why you're sitting here tonight, because you believe. But there are times, anybody want to admit there are times that you doubt? There are times that you struggle. There are times that you, you, honestly, you just think, "I don't see how this is going to work out." I just don't. I don't see how we're going to make it. I, I, I I'm losing hope. That's where Elijah was. So he's like us, but God says he prayed earnestly, which is another aspect of real prayer that. It ought to be intense and real. Again, not just a cursory recitation of of words. It ought to be intense and real. Now, all this would lead us to believe that God must answer our prayer and heal everyone just like we ask. Because it seems to say, if you follow God's procedure, I hate to put it this way, if you follow God's procedure, Brother Hopper get up out of the bed he'll be healed I've been praying you've been praying you've been praying anybody else been praying for brother we've been praying for Brother Hanson Mrs. Hanson we've been praying for so many people okay but this says if we really did it right they would be healed. But that's really not what it says. And I want to show you because he, God gives the illustration of Elijah, Elias. You see, all of, the, all of this that we just went through in this passage would lead us to believe that God must answer our prayer and heal everyone just like we ask. Because he said, that if the effectual, fervent prayer of a, of a righteous man availeth much. It says it's strong to God. It doesn't say it makes God do anything, but it says it's strong before God. But here's my first thought. You think with me. Do you think that other people of God prayed for rain during this three-year drought? Do you think they did? Do you think they came to God in faith believing it would rain? But it didn't. Now why was their prayer not answered? why is our prayer not answered sometimes? secondly, why was Elijah's prayer answered above their prayers because they prayed and prayed and prayed and now Elijah finally comes to the moment and he well let's let's look at the scripture here I got it it says uh, let's see, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, it says, and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, So Elijah, the, the Lord, it says, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be due nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, it doesn't specifically say Elijah's praying, but it's really very clear that what's going on here, God's doing. And so he says, and it's not going to rain because God said it's not going to rain. Now, the scripture we read says Elijah prayed and it rained not. But what we're reading right here is that God said it's not going to rain. Now look at uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. If you have time, go with that. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. I just got a couple more minutes because I don't want to make us late on our prayer time. But 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 says, It came to pass after these many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now the word of the Lord comes to Elijah again and says, Now... It's going to rain. Folks, if we go back to our passage of Scripture in James, it says, Elias was a man subject like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And then here it says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now what I want you to understand is this. I believe Elijah's praying the whole time, but God decided it wouldn't rain, and God decided it would rain. Here's the whole issue. God told Elijah what he's going to do and Elijah kept praying that God's will would be fulfilled all the time until God decided it would rain and then God, Elijah, I believe, prayed, Lord, let it rain just like you said. And Folks, it's if we want to see God answer our prayer, our first prayer must be Dear God, direct my prayer to your will. Well, we pray in the will of the Father. There's no problem. Well, this is what the Lord said. He said in John 14, 13, 14, He says, and whosoever shall ask in my name, that's in Jesus' authority. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wait a minute, that means finding out what Jesus wants and saying, God, in the authority of Jesus, this is what Jesus wants, and I believe it and I'm praying for it. So my first prayer, my most important prayer that I have uh, day by day, moment by moment is, oh God, please show me your will. Teach me your will. Can I tell you, a whole lot of that comes from here. When we seek the Holy Spirit of God and when we seek the truth of the word of God and we understand that our most important prayer is that God would reveal to us, make known to us his will that we might pray for what God wanted in the first place then can I tell you, our prayers will be answered. And our struggle is, and, and again, it's just so hard for me to do this for Brother Hopper here, but I want, I want and I know what he would want his daddy to be healed. Just like my daddy's going to go for surgery Friday and he's 86, I don't know how I heart. My brother said, oh, don't, you know, just if you could take him in, it's not a big thing. He, you know, he's been through this several times before. He's never been 86 before. so I don't really know what God's going to do. Between now and then, I'm going to be seeking the Lord. on oh, Lord, what is your will in this matter? Because, dear God, I want... Yeah, my heart, my flesh, There's all I want, Lord, is you to spare my daddy. When my mom was dying of cancer, all I wanted was for God to spare my mom. But can I tell you, there was a part of me that knew probably God was protecting my mom and daddy by taking her home now I can't even go into explaining all that but I'm just telling you that God knows a whole lot better than we do and sometimes when we feel like well Elijah prayed and it happened why aren't praying why not it happening for me has God told you it's gonna rain yet have God told you to pray that it rains because he already wants it to rain And you say, will God do that? All I can tell you is that the more you talk to him, the more you get ears, let him that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It is amazing how the still small voice will impress upon you what God really wants. And sometimes you just have to say, Lord, boy, this is hard, but this is your will. And so now I'm going to pray that your will be done. Ms. Johnny May, you say that to me all the time that you want to do the will of God. Whether it be good or whether it be bad in your sight to do the will of God. That's, that's why we sometimes get discouraged because we think, well, God says it would happen just like it happened for Elijah. It will. If God speaks to you like he spoke to Elijah. Now, I understand Elijah's, and it was different in the Old Testament. I don't know exactly how God spoke to him. I can't say that. I know that Moses spoke to God as a man speaking to a man face to face, as his friend speaking to a friend. But I know that God does still speak. The Spirit of God does still speak. And he really makes it clear if we're listening so often our heart and our emotion drowns out the voice of God. And then we get all upset because it didn't happen the way we want it. So well we're gonna have our time of prayer now. We've got uh